Welcome back to another episode of Breaking the Huddle. I'm your host, Eric McNeil, and today we have founder of Avalon Sports Group, Mr. David Montez. David, what's going on, man? Thanks for hopping on. Yes, sir. What's up, bro? Thank you for having yeah. me. I'm excited to be here talking to you today. Yes, sir. We're excited to have you. And where are you calling in from? Uh, I'm in Medellin, Colombia um, right now. It's, uh, it's in, the, in the valley in Colombia. It's uh, one of the most beautiful cities here in the country. Um, yeah, I actually just got here a couple of hours ago and uh, yeah, we're here for a couple of days just getting some, some work done and uh, just enjoying the city a little bit. Love it, man. And you're every time I talk to you, you're always out and about somewhere, whether it's Miami <laughs> or, you know, London, Medellin, like you're all over the place. What, uh, what, what do you usually do in each of those, you know, countries if you're out of, out, if you're out of the country? Yeah, well, over the past, I think, six months, you know, we've, we've been in business. Avalon's been in business for over three years now. But I think I would say over the past six months, uh, travel has been crazy. Uh, or crazier, I should say, just because we, we opened up an office in, in Bogota, which is the capital of Colombia, uh, a couple of months ago. Um, actually, I'm from here. So it just makes sense. And, and I kind of had to travel between, between, you know, offices and stuff like that. So here in Colombia, we actually represent a lot of players, soccer players mainly, um, that are not only playing in Colombia, but, you know, playing in Argentina and different countries. So this is kind of our South American hub, if you will. Um, so, you know, in these trips, obviously we have to meet with, you know, franchises, agents, players, just, you know, checking on them, see how they're doing and, and obviously, you know, um, scouting, find any, any opportunities that, that could be, you know, beneficial for them. So it's, it's mainly kind of what we do when, when we travel. Nice, man. Love it. Well, we're excited to have you on and, and learn from you. And, you know, you've been in this space for a couple of years now. Um, and so you've been able to see a lot of the, the good, the bad, the ugly, right? The, the, the fun parts of it and the difficult parts of scaling a, a new business, especially in the sports world. So we'd love to hear a little bit more about your story, a little about your background and kind of what, what got you to where you're at today. For sure, for sure. Well, um, obviously, like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm Colombian. I was, I was born in, in Bogota, Colombia. Um, you know, I, I fell in love with the game of soccer when, when I was five. Um, my dad was, was um, in the Army. He was in the Army for about 20 years. So, you know, I grew up, grew up with, mainly with my mom because he, he was deployed, you know, most of the time. So, um, you know, obviously I, I had to find something. Um, you know, she tried to find me a hobby. Uh, because obviously it was just, you know, the two of us. And so I fell in love with the game of soccer at, at the age of five, you know, started playing for fun. Uh, but then over the years, I started, you know, I, I, I really enjoy the, the competition aspect of it, right? So competing, playing against other players, um, you know, trying to better myself. And, and so um, I found myself in, in an academy when I was eight. Um, it's just growing, started growing from there. Um, when I was 14, um, I was recruited by, a, by an Argentinian team. River Play, which is one of the biggest clubs in the world, uh, they offered me a tryout. Um, I went with my dad to to Buenos Aires, uh, Argentina, um, and after two weeks, they they offered me a contract. Being fourteen years old, which was crazy, right? Um, and then everything started from there because um, you know at that time we we had to make a choice. My my mom was pregnant. I was only fourteen. My dad was still in the army, and one of the requirements for me to play in Argentina was hey. Um, you, you need to have either your mom or your dad stay with you because obviously I was a minor. Um, they offer my dad a job, but obviously he's like, I'm not going to take it. Your mom's pregnant. So you can have to go back to Colombia with me. So I told my dad, like, this is my dream. I want to play. I want to stay here. Um, we need to find a way. So my mom obviously wanted, wanted me back. Right. Um, uh, because I was in the schools and stuff like that. 
Um, so through the club, we found um, an option for pretty much my dad to give custody to one of the, you know, they had like host families. So they, he gave my custody to one of those families for me to stay in Argentina. Um, and, you know, everything started from there. I, he left after two weeks and I just, you know, went to another country, being 14, I had to cook, I had to do laundry. Uh, it was probably the wildest experience of my life because I definitely wasn't ready for it. Um, but it made me grow up uh, and it made me appreciate the, the sport, uh, you know, way more. Um, and, you know, I was, I was blessed to, to play for about eight years professionally. I was in, in Argentina for, for six years and I was transferred to a team in Germany in Frankfurt, played two years there. Um, and then my last year playing in, in the U.S. and that's, that's where I retired. So uh, it was a wild journey, uh, a lot of uh, ups and downs. Um, and throughout that process, I really learned a lot of, a lot of things that were applying now into our business and some of the gaps that I had when I was playing um, you know, some of those things I try to apply now, you know, with, with the guys that, that would represent. Dude, that's crazy. And so when you did that and you, you know, committed and you're out there in Argentina, was it a full-time thing? Were you able to kind of go back home a lot and go visit family or were you pretty much like fully dedicated to Argentina and playing soccer? Yeah, that was crazy. So if you think about it, that was about 15 years ago, right? That the, the world has changed, right? 15 years. So we, we didn't have the, the, the means of communicating as well as we have now. So I could only travel once a year back to Colombia. So okay. um, I was, I was the only one. So I was, it was me and a Brazil, Brazilian player that really were, um, you know, we were not Argentinians. All, all of the kids were Argentinian. Culture was different. Uh, school was different, which I think for my mom was the toughest part is that, you know, one thing that I think people appreciate in the U S is that, when you, let's say, let's talk about NFL, right? When, when you go to college and you play football, yeah, we know, obviously, if you go to a big school, like mainly you're there to play football, but then there's, there's certain requirements for you and academics that you need to follow. Back then, or in Argentina, because um, pretty much being a soccer player is the, the highest thing you can be in, in, I don't think only Argentina, but any South American country, um, they treat you like, you're a professional already. Yeah, I had a contract, whatever, but I'm 14 and they were treating me like I was 25. So I was training, you know, two, two sessions a day, you know, um, morning and afternoon. And really I was just going to school for like two or three hours, which he was really, you know, a teacher or, or someone that came to, to the complex with the players and will give us, you know, some lessons as far as like, you know, different assignments and stuff like that. But it, it really wasn't going to school. It was more like we're preparing you to be, a pro player, which yes, it was, it was good. And actually the treatment and everything, like, you know, you, you, you feel like you're professional because you are, but then on the flip side is what happens if you don't make it? So what happens if I spend all this time getting ready to be a pro and then when I'm 17, 18, I don't make it, but then I also don't have the education aspect. So it's like, it's either you make it or then you probably have to work out of McDonald's for the rest of your life. Uh, so it's a very risky approach. And unfortunately, in, in South America, that's how they do it. Um, and so for my mom, like I was saying, she was just worried because like, hey, like, you know, it's cool that you're making money. Um, I was probably making, you know, way more than, than a 30 year old at the time and I was 14. Um, so that was your part. It's like, I'm making that much money, but I'm 14, I'm a kid. I don't even know how to spend the money. I don't even know what I need. Um, and you really don't get that education. Like, hey, like you should invest, you should buy a house. I, you know, all my money was going to my, to my parents and, and thank God they were smart with that. 
but I will see my teammates and maybe they, they, they came from humble beginnings, their family will be draining their accounts. It was, it was good money. They were just buying stuff and pretty much living. And then some of these kids didn't make it. And all these years, efforts, um, they really had nothing to show for, which is, which is the other side of, of that conversation. So, um, you know, it, it, it was tough, um, but it makes you, you know, when, when we bring that to the U.S. context, it, it makes you appreciate some of the things that are, are being done in the U.S., uh, which, of course, you know, not this perfect, but um, I think there's, there's some support for some of the players that might not make it to the next level. Dang. Yeah, man. That's, that's crazy. Especially at that young of an age, it's hard, you know, it's, you kind of got everything that you want, but you're still a child, right. you know, and it's, it's hard to really right. be responsible, but you know, it looks like it turned out okay, man. <laughs> um, you were talking about some of like the gaps that you saw as an athlete and now you're focusing on with your athletes. What are some of those things specifically that you feel like you were missing out on or that you're trying to focus on today with your guys? Yeah. So, um, I was, I was signed by an agent. Um, I was 13, actually. That was, that was the year before going to Argentina. Um, and he was my agent for half of my career, the first half. Um, and so when, when you look at, you know, obviously agents, like I'm talking about traditional agents, um, they're absolutely key to the development and sometimes the success of your career. As, as talented as you can be, if you don't have someone that represents you well, and really is looking out for you, um, you, you can be in big trouble. So um, obviously we didn't know any better. My family didn't have any, any sports background or anything. So like we chose someone that we thought was going to be good. And at the beginning, obviously, you know, they, they offer all these things and they, they put all these things in front of you that sound, sound appealing. So, you know, I signed my contract, um, you know, he got, he got paid, of course. Uh, but then after, you know, we felt like, you know, at the time, you know, I was one of the few Colombian players at that age that I was that was playing overseas, right? And and no one knew about it. And I and I really wasn't playing to make people aware that I was playing, but a lot of opportunities I feel like I missed because people didn't know that I was really playing in Argentina, right? Um, so you know, when you look at the commercial side now, of course, you know, like I say, that was fifteen years ago, but um a lot of the opportunities that I saw other players taking advantage of, I didn't have access to it. So my agent really wasn't looking out for my personal brand. He wasn't looking out for my well-being, nutrition, uh, you know, mental health, like none of that. It was just like, you go train, practice, um, and try to better get a bigger contract, right? And I'm like, what about like the rest of the stuff? Like, I'm not, I'm not just a soccer player. Like, I'm a kid, you know, I'm growing. I might have all interests besides soccer. You know, what if I like, I don't know investing or what if I like um, communication or like, like how can you help me be a better human being and just not a soccer player, right? Because like, it's like you play soccer, you focus on playing soccer and that's all you have to do, but they don't really think about your development. And and you start to feel like, you know, and I've said this before, uh, you, you start to feel like, like the only thing that matters is you playing the sport, right? Mm-hmm. So and when you're not playing the sport, it's like people don't really care about you. And I'm like, you know, when I retire and we'll get to it, uh, it's like it's like someone has to step up and say, "Listen, cool that you make plays, cool that you, you're playing, but like you have you have another life besides, you know, football." You and I know this is a short life. It could be five, maybe ten years if you're lucky, and then you know what? You 25, 30, you have sixty years ahead of you. So, uh, I think that was the, the biggest thing for me. Dang. Yep. And you kind of just what you just barely said, and we we talk about this a lot, right? Is 
um, the, an athlete's career across all sports. And I think, and football is probably the shortest, right? Like on average, it's two and a half, three years on average. Right. And so let's say you get picked up at 21, you know, you're 23, 24 years old by the time you're done. And what have you learned? Right. And it's like, I talked with an agent the other day and he was talking about this branding side. And he's like, man, I was like, I'm not a fan of it. I feel like if you, you just need to focus more on being an athlete and, and, and playing the game and you'll have a better and longer career. And I was just kind of sitting there I'm like, man, like I see where you're coming from, but like, I don't agree because if you right. are in the league at this specific time, and then all of a sudden you're out, your name is no longer relevant to big brands. No one's going to want to like right. pay as much to be around you um, to use your NIL. You don't have access to the teammates like you once did where you saw them every single day in a locker room. I'm like, so right. much of that dynamic changes. And like, yes, you need to be super focused on your profession and you can still do that, but you still need to be taking, you know, an hour, a couple hours a week tops. It doesn't take a ton of time, but like, learn how to cultivate your personal brand, find out what's interesting to you. And then in the off season, go take meetings, go take these lunches, go meet with other people so you can start to right, understand, right. you know, what impact you're going to have after the game. Cause inevitably it will happen. You will for sure retire one day, whether it's 20 years or five years, like you'll retire. And what are you going to do when that's done? You know? Absolutely. No, I think it's absolutely key. And, and the other thing and, and misconception too, because I've heard this before, is like you gotta play ball and you gotta lock in. Like you're a competitor. Like you're gonna lock in regardless. Like like this is what you do. And obviously we we tell guys like your your priority is playing football or playing basketball or playing soccer. Like like we're not that's not changing. You know, we're just saying that there you know, there are opportunities for you out there that, you know, are not gonna be there when you retire. And this is the time where you got to take advantage of it. Like, and, and you don't have to do anything crazy. It's just being open to exploring and just even asking yourself, what do I like besides, you know, you know, uh, football per se? Um, or what, what is the impact that I want to have? You know, because a lot of, you know, um, one, one word that I think is, is very uh, overused is um, legacy. You know, what's the legacy that you want to leave behind? But what's, what's, what's the legacy? Like, let's, let's start there. What's your legacy? What, what's the legacy that you can, like, is it, is it sports? Is it impacting people? Is it, is it, uh, you know, people being aware of what you stand for? Um, you know, how do you want to be remembered five, 10 years, 15 years from, from, from now? Right. Um, and it's not about, it's not make, it's not, it's not about making it about the athlete, but it's about the impact that the athlete is going to have, you know, in the, in the, in the, you know, in the present and also in the future. And, and how, how they can pave the way, the way for guys that are coming in and, and are like, you know, like, I, I want to be a part of something different. Like, you don't have to, because I remember even when I was playing, like, you know, the, the, the best, the older guys, because I was playing with guys that, that were 30, 35, and I was 16, um, you know, they will look at you and they will tell you, you know, you shouldn't, you know, be on social media. You shouldn't do this. You shouldn't say this. You just got to follow our lead and, and play ball. That was 15 years ago. Now the, 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 the world has changed. Like, like we have many opportunities and these guys should be able to control, you know, obviously, you know, what, what goes out and, and their brand. Because like you said, Eric, I think, you know, let's say you get caught and, and you know, all the, all the media, all the brand stays with the team. But what about you? You, you see, you're, you're not just a player. You, you're a human being. And so um, I think right now, um, if you look at, athletes in general, I think they're, they're definitely, 
you know, starting to think like, okay, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a ball player, but like, I want to, I want to do something different. Um, and especially now with all the access that we have in social media uh, and communication that we have, um, I think it's a completely, completely different game. And I, I do think it's time for athletes to, to step up and, and just take control over their, their brand. Yeah. And even when it, when you're talking about stuff like that, honestly, it's not about how much money you can make on social media and Instagram and stuff, because realistically, like, yeah, you'll have a lot of guys who are making six figures. Very few are making seven figures, but like the average athlete probably is going to make five figures, right? Like 20, 20 to 80 grand a year, like just doing social media posts. Like it's not a right. ton of money, right. but like, it's great exposure because now more people are seeing you more, you're starting to cultivate more fans. And then it introduces you to new industries that can now become business partners. You can become, you know, you can become an investor, you can become all these things because now you're starting to get introduced to brands that align with what's important to you. So now the question for you on that, Dave, is, you when you're focusing on your agency and we'll talk about avalon sports here i guess in a second but when you're focusing on finding these brand deals like what does that vetting process look like to make sure that it aligns with the athlete that you're representing yeah no the the, the, the cool thing about us is that you know in some instances we we represent um the brand itself so like we help the brand find the right talent based on the on their criteria for you know a specific campaign and we're looking for you know a male that plays this sport with, with you know these characteristics or following whatever and so we find find the right talent and i think what what makes us different you know and, and this is talking about i guess from the from the company side is that we you know we we firmly believe that that relationships between brands and athletes have to be long term you know like if there's not like if there's not really you know, something in common between the brand and the athlete, it's going to become very transactional. And, and it's proven that transactional relationships do not work. Because like you said, Eric, like you can get paid 20, 30,000 for a post and you go look at the, at the engagement, look at the comments, look at the, whatever results that like you might drive some sales. And if, you, if you're lucky, um, you know, the company might get the, their return on investment. Uh, the athlete gets paid a little bit of exposure and then that's gone. And then the, the world moves so fast that within 24 hours, everyone is going to forget about it. And then, and then what happens then? The company has to take $40,000, $50,000 again to do it again. And then, and then no one's going to remember the athlete either. So, so we, you know, we obviously protect the company. But then when we look at the athlete side, it's the same model. It's like, okay, before we go out and scout for brand deals, you know, this is just talking about branding. It's like, like, you know, what do you like? What are you interested in? Like genuinely, like, what do you really like? Like something that doesn't feel like, oh, like, cause we know like schedules are tight, especially during the season two. Um, so it's like, what are you interested in? Like something that really gives you that spark, like, damn, I want to be a part of this. Uh, and once we know, and, 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 and like I said, we'll get to Adam in a little bit, but like, we know our athletes so well. I mean, they're, they're family to us that, that we instantly know when some, something's good for them. And, and the funny thing is like, and we've been, we've been doing this for, for a couple of years now, like even sometimes we bring deals to the table and guys would be like, yeah, I'm, I'm down. They don't even ask how much they're getting paid or if they're getting paid, but they're like, I want to be a part of something greater, right? Um, and we always try to bring these deals and, and, and form these relationships that even if the athletes now with Avalon down the road, they're like, listen, I still have a relationship with this brand. Um, and, you know, the brand really cares about the athlete and the athlete really cares about these these you know, this brand and their mission. 
Um, and we have a ton of examples of, of brands that or deals that we, we have done in the past um, that have been really successful for both the brand and the athlete. But I think the key to it is um, understanding expectations on each side and really understanding what the what the goal, what the angle is for for each party. Uh, because we've seen, um, and you know, we're not going to talk about you know any other agents or whatever, but I'm saying in general in the industry, um, you know, you tend to take quick money when you can, right? So like, you know, how much you have? Like, okay, all right, so I'll throw five, 10,000 here, bro. Just go uh, take a picture with this and then you're done 10. So like, it's not bad, it's, it's quick money. Money's money, right? And and, and, and we're, we're all in this, in this business to make money. Now, is it really impactful? Is it really gonna change your life? No. Um, so I think that's, that's kind of where the, the difference is for us. Like we try to find deals that are actually impactful for the athletes um, and that can really help them long-term. Okay. And so when you're doing that, then, um, are you, you say you represent the brands, right? And so, um, what kind of brands, like, are you looking for and what does that process look like? Are you trying to stick to like a general niche of a, of an industry or is it just like you meet with an athlete, he says that he's interested in five things and then you go find brands that align with him or like, what's that process look like? So I know you said you've worked with a couple of pretty big brands, like how, how do those conversations go to be able to represent them? Yeah, well, uh, with brands, um, we, we have been you know very blessed that you know we 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 have a wide variety of brands in in our portfolio from um, car manufacturers to you know um, air purifiers company companies in Europe companies in the US. Um, and so I think uh, for for us, you know, internally, you know, obviously we we meet with the brands and then we obviously do our, our research and, and and we try to understand the you know the the following and, and, and kind of the audience that they have to really make sure that we that we team up with the right athletes. So for example, there is this this company out of Italy. Um, it's called Lafitte. It's it's one of the biggest competitors for Lamborghini. They were really successful in in Europe. Um, and they just opened their the US market, right? So they came into US I think a couple of months ago. Um, they have a supercar that, you know, like I said, competes with Lamborghini. It, it's gonna be the next thing. And when they landed in Miami, it's like, you know, they reached out to us and say, listen, we, we are trying to find an athlete that has, you know, a large following, but that has to have passion for cars, supercars. Like it's someone that you want to see in a supercar, that wants to drive a supercar, that is just excited about, you know, the future. Um, you know, one of the guys that we represent is Tyreek Hill. And Tyreek is, is, is probably one of the guys in the roster that I guess lo- loves, you know, supercars most, you know, he's, he's super interested. You know, we, we've done stuff with F1. Like I was like, I thought of Tyreek like right away. And I texted Tyreek. Um, and I think within five minutes, he was like done. He didn't, he didn't ask about the money. He didn't ask about it. Just like, I love what they're trying to do. We put it together. Uh, you know, we went to lunch and now they're, they're crushing it. Right. So that's an example of us already knowing Tyreek and what he likes and just understanding what the brand was looking for. And it was just a perfect deal because the brand was like, he's perfect ambassador. He loves the product, you know, as opposed to us forcing a deal on a guy that's like, okay, cool. You know, I'll get paid, but that's not really my thing. Um, so the more you understand your players and the more you understand the, the brands you work for, the, the easier your, your job is going to be and more successful you're going to be because you're definitely going to pair the right assets with the right companies. I love that, man. That's, and so you, you mentioned Tyreek and I, I remember as well, you had like a, you're met with Jake Paul this last year, right? Like you've met mm-hmm. with some like pretty cool people across different industries. And, and I know that was, um, he, that was right when he came out with like better. Right. So like there's some like cool launches yeah. around that. And so 
And I think you're even around when they both kind of were doing their podcasts and stuff. So yeah. when you were yeah. doing some of these collabs, um, I'm actually interested in how that took place, right? Like, um, was it one of those things where Tyreek was a client and you wanted to get him aligned with someone like Jake or was, were you specifically trying to work with them and they're, you know, with better and impulsive and all that stuff? Like what did that kind of dynamic specifically look like? Cause a lot of people listening, right? Like we're all trying to get access to like right. top tier talent. Right. And so it'd be helpful to know kind of what was the process to get those, those guys aligned. Right. I, I think that's a great question. Uh, and I think this is going to be really helpful for people um, that are trying to, to break in and, and, and just really take and, and get to the next level. Um, so it, it was funny because, you know, I was, or we as a company were really, really laser focused on, on NFL talent. Right. So, um, you know, I was, I was working with Tariq. We were producing the first season of the podcast um, in Nina TV set, which is now one of the most uh, watched podcasts in the sports world in the U S um, and at the time, we were just focused on, 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 you know, NFL, but we knew that that collab between sports and entertainment was going to happen at some point, right? And, and so Avalon, you know, when we talk about Avalon, so we have Avalon Sports, which is the, the sports division, but then we also have Avalon Entertainment, which focuses more on the, on the entertainment side. So, you know, influencers, um, you know, gamers, comedians, like, the, you know, musicians, music labels, that it's more in the, on the entertainment world. But, you know, we, we, at that point, we hadn't done any, any, any collaboration. So, you know, we were actually, you know, really heavy in NFL. We were in Miami and the word got out. This is why it's so important for you to be, you know, consistent with your work, you know, make sure that you always, you know, we said under promise and over deliver mm -hmm. uh, because Jake's team, you know, heard that we were doing this thing with, with Tyreek, right. And, and they knew that the content at that time better, which is the sports gambling company, which, by the way, we have a huge announcement. I don't know when this is going to air, but we have a huge announcement. We're better than Jake Paul probably in two weeks. So maybe by the time this, this, this is out, it's already already announced. But um, better was really in the, in, in the beginning stages, right? So so they launched a brand. It's like, hey, we, you know, Jake was trying to get into sports. He, obviously, he's a boxer. He had, you know, fought at the time, but he really wanted to get into the NFL. So it was a perfect opportunity because they're like, listen, you guys have all this talent. Obviously, you got Tyreek. Uh, it was, it was, it was his first year in Miami, uh, year one. So he's like, let's connect, you know, Jake Paul and Tyreek Hill. So, you know, um, we actually did a lot of things besides the podcast because we, you know, the other thing that we do is that we actually work with the franchise as well. So we have a great relationship with the Miami Dolphins. Um, you know, I got in contact with them and say, listen, um, Jake Paul is here. He wants to collaborate with Tyreek. We're going to do a podcast, but then it will be really, really interesting to get Jake on um, you know, on the football field and, and do some challenges, run some routes. Um, our con the content is on our page. Um, and, I, and one of the players that we represent is Tua, quarterback as well. So I spoke to Tua and said, listen, we can do something crazy. We brought Jake over to practice. He put pads on. It had never been done. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Famous people go to practice all the time. But it was the first time that I actually entertained it. It was actually running routes and, and going through almost a full practice at the end with them. Uh, content got millions of views, went viral. And then from then on, it was crazy because Jake saw what we we're doing. And then, you know, he got with us and, and he said, like, listen, like, I, I like this. It was fun, but I want more of it. Like, let, let's work together. So, um, you know, at that point, it's like, yeah, let's do it. So, you know, ever since we, we, we've been working with Better and Jake for, for over a year now. Uh, and, you know, all that work is going to lead into our announcement 
uh, that's going to happen soon that I think is going to change the game game completely. Um, but I think, you know, lastly, for people just to just to keep in mind is that sometimes you see these people and you see that they're unattainable or, or unreachable. You're like, nah, Jake Paul, how am I going to get to Jake Paul? We didn't have any links. I, I don't come from the entertainment world. It was just our work that spoke for itself and the, the opportunity presented itself. And it's like, we're ready for it. So it's like, even though you're not there yet, you have to act and work as if you are. You're like, listen, I don't have Jake Paul. I don't have an NFL player signed, but like, I'm going to be consistent, continue to work. And I promise you that when the opportunity comes, you're going to be ready for it. Um, and I think that's all you have to worry about. Dang. Yeah, that's – I remember all that when that came out. That was a huge thing. I was like, bro, I don't I don't remember seeing any – the only other entertainer I remember doing anything was like Kevin Hart where he's like catching punt, uh, yeah, punt. Yeah, yeah. Other than that, I've never seen like entertainers go like in a live practice. Maybe like if they have a friend, they do some one-on-ones and it's kind of their own thing, but like participate with the team. You're right. Like that's so rare. So – you also said something that was cool. You mentioned that you have a relationship with the Dolphins, a couple other teams. I saw you had something with like even Inter Miami, right? Yeah. And like you when my, when Messi came through. So like, one, how do you get those relationships with the teams? And then two, what exactly are you doing for those teams? Great question. So, as a player, you know, and and, and this has always been the case. Um, you you love the fans and obviously you love you love the team to to a certain extent but you know there's always been a gap between the relationship you know between the team and the athlete you know you know some 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 gaps are wider than others of course uh but you know the the teams and this is funny because actually this this started in buffalo because our company was born in buffalo uh sometimes the teams want to do stuff with the players it might be good for the players but just because that comes from the team, the player might not be super keen to do it or super excited about it. So that's, that, that's a team obligation. It almost feels like work, right? So what started to happen is that the teams that our players play for, because we have such a great relationship with them, they start saying like, listen, we have this opportunity for the players. Can you please bring it out to them and, and see if we can make it work? And in most cases, we make it work for the teams, right? So like, you know, talking about appearances, talking about commercial deals and, and stuff like that. So like we act as an agent between the team and the players and try to mediate that relationship. Uh, in that process, because we brought so much value to the teams, now I got to the point where the teams are like, listen, we know that you represent these players and thank you for the help and thank you for everything you're doing, but like what else can we do, you know, on the commercial side, on their relationship side, like that opportunity with the Dolphins and Jake. Um, like a couple of weeks ago when Messi was announced with Inner Miami, I work, our company works for Inner Miami and we have done collaborations with Tua, Tyreek. We brought Tyreek to his first professional soccer game at Inner Miami, which is a big thing. This, this was before Messi. Uh, and so we bring a lot of opportunities to the team that ultimately obviously they benefit from. But then on the other side, when we need something as far as, you know, access to, you know, sponsors and, and help with the players, the team is there for us. And the team is obviously one of the main pieces of this business because they're the ones that run the show. So um, having great relationships with them, um, you know, it's been for us absolutely key because, you know, you represent the player, but they play for that team. So they understand how we operate. There is a, a relationship of trust and they know that you're ne- never going to put the player in a position where the team can be harmed. Um, and so, you know, it's not it's nothing that, 
it's not something that I thought about when we started this business. I never thought that we we're going to be working for franchises. Um, and now we actually work with teams over in Europe as well uh, with the same model. Uh, but then we realized that, um, especially now, you know, with new players, you guys, uh, it's important for the team to have someone that can help them navigate that process. Um, and we've been lucky that, that, you know, we're doing that now. Okay. And so when, when you go work with them, um, I wonder what that process, like, don't, don't these franchises, do you think they have like an internal team, like, uh, you know, internal people that are already doing that or do they work with multiple agencies or is it something where you approach them? Like, Hey, we love your business. Or are they hitting you up because it's like, Hey, we see her with Tyree. We'd love some, you know, collab. Like how does, how does that work? Yeah, so so teams they they all have internal teams, right? Commercial side, marketing side, and 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 I think they'll do they'll do really good for the most part. Um, but I think you know the difference with us is that you know it's not it's not it's just not the access that we have to the players, but it's the the relationship that we have with them. It's the quality of their relationship because a lot of people have access to athletes, but at the level that you know the the, the level of relationship that we have with them is completely different. So what happens is that they see that, you know, we have, you know, these relationships with the athletes, but then also on the entertainment world. And, and what happens with the teams now is that every team is so focused on obviously their sport and their league and growing within their, their lane, but, you know, they really haven't ex- exploited like the outside. So for example, NFL franchises working with soccer franchise, right? So we have done stuff with Inner Miami in the Miami Dolphins. You would think, you know, Inner Miami is in Fort Lauderdale, and, and, and obviously, you know, Dolphins are in Miami. They're what, 45 minutes away, 50 minutes away. Uh, and they never collaborated in five years. So, you know, we were the ones who were like, Hey, listen, you know, he, here's so-and-so, here's so-and-so, you know, we have athletes, we made a whole thing about it and then they collab. Um, but they really, I don't want to say they didn't think about it because they probably did, but I mean, also they're so focused on their sport and they have to, that really they didn't utilize that brand to really grow it. And, and collab even with teams within the same region, you know, let alone, you know, teams from, you know, overseas or entertainers from, from overseas. Right. So, so because, because they're so focused, we're, we're like, listen, you keep doing what you're doing, but we have a network that we can utilize and tap into to make sure you continue to grow. Um, and that's what we're doing. And just to give you an example, that's what we're going to do in a couple of weeks in, in London for the NFL games. Um, you know, we're working with Manchester city, you know, which is one of the biggest soccer clubs in the world to collaborate with, you know, an NFL franchise um, that, you know, will be playing there, you know, and some of the players. So like now, not only the team is expanding, playing in London, but then now there is a connection with the British fan base and the team, which ultimately that can lead into commercial deals, you know, about jerseys, about exposure. So we really put these teams in a position to succeed and to really break through um, you know, their, their own sport, if you will. That's awesome, man. That, that'll be super fun. I actually went to, I, I'll never forget this. We went to London, uh, like four or five years ago, something like that. And it was the same week as the football games. And for some reason, when I booked our, like our flights out there, I wasn't thinking about football <laughs> and we went to London and I was like, man, like we, like we did all like the fun, like football related stuff. And I even go to a game and I was like, Bro, what a what a mess up on my part, like, because <laughs> I think this was like the second or third year that the NFL is even playing in London, so it was like still pretty okay. new. And but anyway, yeah. So this year we're actually going to go to the Germany game, 
we have oh, nice. a couple of guys who um, are playing on both our two different teams. So that'll be super exciting. I, I, I've never been to Germany, but those international games are dope, man. It's cool seeing that like the NFL is reaching new countries and people are almost, if not as passionate as a lot of like the USA fans. Like it's, it's pretty cool to see it, you know, growing in popularity. Right. No, it's funny because I, I even I even think that the NFL took a little bit of time to really expand the, their brand. I mean, I think because they felt like they were so strong in the U.S., maybe they didn't feel the need. But I think football, if we you know if we think about it, the next ten, fifteen years, it's gotta be or gotta be get closer to to soccer, right? A lot of people in the U.S. don't re- realize that soccer is actually the biggest sport in the world, right? Well, it's um, just so easy. Like you could play like. Bro, we, we'll be walking on the street, and if I see a loose rock, I'm going to, like, jump up and kick it and, like, go like, through my, right, my, right. my life exactly. legs. Like, oh, or kiss the badge. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's so easy to play soccer, right? That I think that's why it's so popular. Right, right. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a legendary game, and, and, and I think the, the NFL has the, the potential to it. I mean, if you look at it, uh, they, they've opened markets in Brazil, Mexico, Germany, England now. Um, and, and it's growing in a lot of people that really didn't have an interest uh, for the sport. Um, you know, I really enjoying it now. And, 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 and you know, you, when you look at the branding side or commercial side, it, it's going to already open up a lot of opportunities for, for guys to be, you know, um, <coughs> be a part of, of, of both worlds. Like one guy, for example, Justin Jefferson, which, which we've done stuff with, um, you know, he linked up with Real Madrid and Vinicius, which was one of the biggest players in the world he actually went to brazil and 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 they did some collapse like like that's changing and if you look at the other thing which is really interesting which i'm sure you're aware of is is the investment from the football world in the soccer world so i don't know if you saw jj mm-hmm. watt was part of the you know he's now a stakeholder in in barley fc which is a very you know traditional club in london tom brady uh, it's, I think the, it's uh, Birmingham. I think it's the, the, the team. Like, like all these guys are seeing the potential in soccer, and like right now, that 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 connection and that collaboration between soccer and football is absolutely key. And and actually, that that's kind of what we're going after, um, because I think in the next three to five years, especially like I said, with Messi in MLS, completely different game. Oh, way different. Yeah, and it was, I was actually reading uh, how David Beckham set up his deal when he came to LA. He was able to buy a franchise for like 25 mil, brought over Messi. Now they're like pushing a billion. It's like, bro, the return on investment on these are insane when you have the right influence and talent around it. So I think these athletes get in is it's, if you have the expendable cash, right? And you have the ability to get into one of those investments. It's a a really cool opportunity. Right. And then, you know, some of these opportunities, you know, because we, we have helped some of the guys, you know, acquire some clubs overseas and stuff like that. It's not really that much, you know, like, you know, some of these guys can get, you know, five, 10 percent equity in, in, a, in a really good club for one, one point five million dollars. Uh, and you go look at the investment in five years and you know, how much really you're going to make, if, even if you want to exit, you know, like I think I think it's great. And, and I think those those are really the type of opportunities that we're focused on. You know, I think branding deals yeah, are important, like we were saying before. But to us, setting up the guys with opportunity that they're like, wow, they're like this actually live live to you. Like that's that's the stuff that that we're after. Now we always tell our team like, hey, just, just keep an eye out because um, you know we definitely want our guys to be to be the first ones to be able to take advantage of these opportunities. 
Yeah, no, that's big, man. So, um, when it comes to you running this business, um, you're not just the agent, you're actually running the business. So I, I'm curious, you know, how you juggle that, right? Like, how are you focusing on quality control and growing the business as itself, but then also focus on being a really good agent and helping out these athletes? Like, where are you balancing right. your time and how, how are you able to do all that? Right. Um, you know, starting a business is, is tough, you know, any business. Uh, but I think, you know, in the sports world, I think it's even tougher just because, uh, you know, you really, you really, um, part of the 1% of the 1%, just like athletes, right? I mean, and I'm talking about successful business that actually makes money, it's profitable and, and, and has a good reputation. Um, you know, at first, man, I remember those, it was, those were tough days because I remember it was, it was just me, um, you know, my, my, my best friend, he's, a, um, he's our creative director now. He's kind of the, the, the media genius in our company. It was the two of us. I was doing the commercial side. I was doing you know, uh, taking meetings, I was signing players and I was like, how, how are we going to deliver for these guys? We have, we have a, you know, we had an idea of how we wanted the business to be, to be executed. Uh, we had the funding, I put my own savings into it, but sometimes it's not really about the money. It's about like, how do you have on, in your corner? And, and the number one thing and the most important thing for me is just, you have to surround your people, um, surround yourself with people that have the same mindset and have the same drive that you have. Because if not, you, you, you're gonna go down. There, there, it's impossible for you to you build a successful business if you're not surrounded by people that are like-minded and that really like what they're doing. So at, at the beginning, I was traveling like crazy within the US, um, you know, taking meetings here, taking meetings there by the same time, you know, we, we had stuff that, that needed to get done and I wasn't getting there on time. So it's like, listen, we need to grow this team. So it was, it was the two of us, now we're over 25 people, um, you know, between Columbia, Miami, and London that we recently opened that market. Uh, and I think by by next year, we should probably be somewhere around 40 total. Um, that includes content creators, social media managers, business development, um, and really they're the heart of this company. And so the, the number one thing that I do to try to juggle between the relationships that I have, because you know, you're in this business too, you know that this is relationship-based business people are not gonna text my creative director they're gonna text me so i take all of that and so i need to funnel to the right person um and i think really the the growth that we've seen over the past six months really it's because of the team that we were able to build and now you know i have you know guys that reach out to my team directly so i don't have to be involved in, in all of the conversations and, and all of the things that we need to get done um and so i think if you find the right people um, I think, I think growth is, is going to come it's going to be much easier than, than, than you trying to do everything yourself. Totally. Um, and there's, there's much to be said about starting a business, right. And, and your and who you're accessing. Cause the, the next question I'm going to ask is about you finding like your ideal client, like who the person is, right. but when it comes to like knowing who you want to work with, when it comes to Avalon, what's like your primary offering like do you have one thing that you offer like hey we're just going to build your brand and get you marketing deals or like where do you spend the majority of your time on one thing or do you help service like quite a few things like and what's what's kind of your recommendation to somebody who is in that agency world wanting to do a lot of things what's your uh experience and advice on that 
Yeah, I think when you when you start off, you definitely have to focus on something. Like, because you don't have, you know, let's say, you know, cash is limited, right? And then and then human resources as well, so you don't have as many people working. Find something that you like really, really good at and definitely hammer on it because that's what we did. You know, my, my creative director, he he used to work for uh, for ESPN um, here. Uh, and I'm like, this guy is genius. Like, I'm not, like, I'm not, like, it's funny because like, I'm not create, creative at all. And we run a creative agency, you know, but I found the talent. He's like, he's, I'm, I'm like, this guy is crazy. So I'm like, listen, we're going to start just working on social media and branding, just focus on that. And we start working on branding, 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 branding. Uh, and then as you grow, more opportunities come and then you can actually expand. So like now Avalon, you know, we were so focused on branding, but like now branding might be 15, 20% of what we do. Uh, and then now we obviously expand into, you know, investments. We expand into helping athletes, you know, with nutrition, housing, um, collaborations, uh, you know, across the sport um, through the network that we have now. And we kind of, we're actually forced to grow, you know, because that's the other thing is like, when you do something and you're so good at it, uh, there's going to be a point where either you evolve and take it to the next level or you go down, but you're not going to be in the same position forever. So, yeah. so we were kind of forced to grow and it's like, now we're a, we're a powerhouse. Cause like a lot of people, like you said, like a lot of people ask, like, are you guys a branding agency? Are you guys a marketing agency? Are you guys a traditional agency? Like, where are you guys? And, you know, we call ourselves a, a powerhouse because if you need content, we got you. If you need investments, we'll find, we have the right opportunities. If you need help, even find your agent, we got to, you know, we, one of the things that, that we're so blessed is that we work with the three or four biggest agencies in the country. So we work with Atlas First, CAA, GSC, like all those guys know who we are. Uh, and, and we have a great relationship with them. So like we can, some of the talent, new talent coming in, it's like, listen, I'm looking for some help here. It's like, you know, we don't do contracts as far as like team contracts, but we have you know, this person or that person. Um, and so we, we kind of have our powerhouse for the athlete that, you know, I'll say for the most part, most of the stuff they might need, we actually have for them. So did you, when you go to pitch somebody, right? Like if you're going to go sign a new client, obviously now kind of your work speaks for you, but when you go to talk to a guy about representing them, um, what is your bread and butter today? Is it the, you said branding's only, you know, 15% of it. So is it more of like a network that is the appeal to work with you? Or like, what, what is it that you are really good at? Like that, what do you lead with when you talk to a client about trying to sign them? Yeah, I think, I think at Ablon here, we're, uh, we're innovators. I mean, just look at our path. I think we went from being a local marketing agency to being, being national to now have, international presence you know and so i think what what we tell the players like listen and and we don't like to like sell false expectations because that's what and i was a player too so i know what's what's i know what it's like to be be um sold to you you already identified that like that when someone's like yeah you know what i'll get you cardio i'll get you this money i'll get you i'll get you i'll get you you don't want to hear all of that you want to hear someone real that's like listen we we know who you are because when we take them that meeting we know who they are. Like we know what they like. We know what they've been through. We know the potential they have, and we don't lie to them. I'm not. I'm not telling you know a, a guy that's coming into the league like I'm gonna give you the same deal as Patrick Mahomes. It's not gonna happen. Like let's be real. But listen, you're gonna have someone in your corner that's gonna continue to work to evolve and get you something different. Not get you the same you know autograph deal, 
shoes. Like, like we are working to do something greater. You know, we want to get your brand overseas. We want people that don't even like the sport to like you, to, to follow you, to, to know who you are. Uh, and, and that's what's really appealing to them. It's like we are trying to push the needle every single time, you know, internally and with all the collaborations that we have, you know. Um, and that's the, the trajectory that, that, that we have right now just to, to be the leading um, sports agency in the country. Uh, and, 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 and we're ambitious. And, and, and I think the athletes see that and can feel that energy and that, that hunger that we have um that is, as, as we are in a business we're as well as, as, as hungry to represent them and, and make sure that we find right opportunities so you know i think overall is is just like you said our network um and that they know that that avalon uh, is going to continue to grow and so as we grow they 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 will as well awesome man well, David, this has been really cool. I feel like we've gotten like very specific advice on things that we can do, what we can focus on um, when you're starting this business, getting into an agency, wherever the case might be. Just be really specific at first. Find something you're really good at. Scale it. And as opportunities come right, to branch off and scale and grow, don't be afraid of that growth because obviously it's right. transformed you and your company into what you are today, right? And so... We really appreciate this time and learning directly from you. And so usually what I do to wrap up these interviews is I give you just a couple of minutes to address the listener specifically. Um, we have agents, athletes, entrepreneurs, right? We have people in here that are wanting to take the next step or in an industry. And so I want you to just take a minute and give a little bit of advice or give us your final words on, you know, what we could learn today that we can apply tomorrow to start growing as a person and in our business. Sure, bro. And first of all, let me tell you that this, this has been amazing. Appreciate you. So, you know, you're someone that I've watched and, and seen grow as well. So it's been awesome to, to be here and to have this conversation. I think in the industry, we need to talk more and communicate more. Um, and I think, you know, I think my final thing is, as as just, like I said, just want to keep it very real. And, you know, the sports world, you know, whether it's from playing or working in it, you know, it seems sexy. It seems like you're traveling all the time. You know, I get people all the time telling me, you know, you travel like crazy, which I do. Uh, and, you know, you, you get to enjoy it, uh, you know, uh, to some, some extent. But, you know, there's a lot of sacrifices that have to be have to be made. You know, I... I you know, I'm, you know, I would say 90% of my time I'm by myself, right? I have family too. I have friends and, and like, just like any other human being and just like athletes, you know, we talk about humanizing athletes. So let's, let's humanize the sports industry. You know, let, let's talk about the, the behind the scenes, right? So, so if you're willing to pay the price, if you're willing to put in the work, uh, if you're willing to sacrifice and be patient, because this is this is a game of patience. You you it's not success is not gonna happen overnight, especially if you don't have, you know, if you don't have any, you know, background or you don't come from like you know. Of course, it's doable. You know, I mean, look at me. I'm I was a soccer player. I have no interest or knowledge about the NFL, and now NFL became our main market. Um, it's it's about putting in the work, um, and taking care of your reputation in the industry. Because it's so, because our circle is so small, some of my, we all know each other and people know who you are. People know the quality of work that you do, right? So taking care of your reputation, knowing that, or, or making sure that you do right by an athlete, by, by a company, by a team that might be, that, that you might work for, it's absolutely key. 
Because I promise you, if someone is like, hey, do you know Eric? You know he's good. You know why he does? I'm mean, yeah, right. You know, it's my guy. Like he he performs. He over delivers. And they're like, okay, bet. Because this is a word of mouth business. That's how you get your business in this industry. It's like, is this is this a good guy? Is, is he honest? Is he, is he transparent? Right. Um. So definitely keep your head down. Continue to work. Be patient. Um, ask questions, you know, surround yourself with the, with the right people, network, send those DMs, send those messages on LinkedIn, um, because this is a relationship business, you know, this is sometimes, you know, you might have someone that's more talented than you um, and, and might have more money, might have more resources, whatever, but if they're not as consistent, as persistent as you are, they're not going to get the job. So number one advice, network, uh, be persistent. Um, and just be honest, you know, I think those are the three main values in this industry. If you do that over a period of one year, two years, I promise you and almost guarantee you that someone is going to open the door. If it's, if it's one door, even if it's, you know, if it's us, if it's in our agency, it could be you, Eric, it could be a franchise. Like, listen, I like you. I'm going to give you an opportunity. And then you just got to make sure that all that time that you work for, you're ready and then you deliver. And I promise you, you deliver that and then a hundred doors are going to open after that. Yep. And that's such sage advice, man. Thank you for that. And I, one thing that has uh, stuck with me and Arnold Schwarzenegger said it, and he was talking about like competing and physique, but I apply it to everything that I do. He says, stay ready. So you don't have to get ready. And so like, if you're ready all the time, um, you won't, you won't screw that opportunity up. Right. And like, I talk to my wife every time, the second we step out the door, I don't care if it's a Sunday afternoon, we're just going to go run and grab groceries. Like whatever it is, make sure that you're presentable to meet like a life changing relationship and always have that foot forward. So like stay ready. So you don't have to get ready and you'll, you'll never know what doors that open. So Everyone, thank you so much for listening. David, this has been amazing, brother. Uh, it's been great getting to know you, your story, and, and getting some of this great advice on growing ourselves and our businesses. So we appreciate you. We appreciate your time. And for everyone listening, uh, thank you. And we'll catch you on the next episode.